Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Shred Show Live, where we bring you industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and the best of the best from around the world who are willing to share how they shred, the strategies, the techniques, and the actionable items that you need in your business to go out and dominate. Join us as we shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. Let's go. Gaffney, good morning, sir. And foremost, uh, a happy belated Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. How was your weekend, Jacob? Did you hang out with the the wife and the family? Of course, I did. I did. We hung out. We went to Farmer's Market. There there were some dogs. There were some uh, baked goods. There were all the wonderful bounties North Texas has to offer. How about yourself? Dude, that sounds amazing. Dude, I love farmer's markets. I don't know what it is about them. Like, it's just one of those things you love going to them. You can get fresh baked goods. You can always get something, something interesting. So I'm right there with them. Mine, my weekend was awesome. We got to spend it outside, which I, you know, I'm always a fan of. We spend outside. We, yeah, dude, dude we took our kids mini golfing for the first time. We took our Ooh. eight and six year old mini golfing and they had a riot. Like, wife wanted to go mini golfing for Mother's Day. I said, let's go. So we went out and enjoyed the beautiful weather. <laughs> we had fun mini golfing. Needless to say, my youngest, our six-year-old, he crushed us. He got four hole in ones. Like, He's like natural. That's what I'm like, dude. Hey, Tiger. Hey, all you, Matt, Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy won this weekend yeah. the PGA Tour. Rory, watch yourself, man. Coulter's throw coming some money at that. Throw some money at that. He's, he's coming at you. But hey, we got a lot of fun things to talk about today. First and foremost, is there a mentality right now that people are better than everybody else? Do you think, ladies and gentlemen, do you think do you have that mentality? Are you better than everybody else? Jacob, we got to chat about this because this is just, this is, a, this is kind of <clears throat> funny. Yeah, this is a this is a study. We'll put the link in, in some tomorrow's rise and shred. Uh, couldn't make it fit stylistically for this morning's, uh, but you can see with the photo there, that's pretty much an accurate portrayal <laughs> of the findings of this particular survey. Oh, nearly half, nearly half, forty six percent of Americans think they're the best person they know. They think that they are better than. Everyone they know. So whether you think that means you need to get new, better friends or whether you think the converse and that your friends should get a better you because you think too much of yourself, who knows? Who knows? But there were some really other interesting findings that was based on this survey. If they're true, 81% of humans believe that humankind is inherently good. Mm. And they generally believe that people can get better and should get better. But here's the thing. Most of them believe that people can better themselves, but not as many think that people are capable of getting better themselves. But when you think you're the best person you know, (laughs) you're not going to be interested in getting better yourself. Now, we have to put a huge caveat on this study. It was commissioned by a company called Behold Retreats, that deals in some kind of, I don't know if you've heard of them. I have not heard of them, but they deal, in, they deal in self-help products. So clearly, you know, there's some bias there, but I want to know what you think about the findings generally and how it relates to the mortgage market. Do uh, people in originations tend to think they're better than the clients they serve? Do they think they know more? Do they think they can help them? Do they think the clients need to be better educated about the home buying process? You tell me, Mr. Former Ello. 
You know, I'm going to tell you coming from somebody and I, unfortunately, sometimes I even had this mentality myself like, oh, I'm the expert. That's why you're coming to me. So listen to what I have to tell you. And I think, and again, I had to get out of that mentality. And actually I had a coach help me get through that because again, when we're helping somebody make the biggest financial decision, one of the biggest financial decisions they're going to make, sometimes we do get a little bit hotheaded. Sometimes we do think that like, oh, well, we're, we are that, that guy, we are that gal that is helping them through this process. So we we do know all. And especially more than anything, Jacob, when it comes to working with realtors, real estate agents, sometimes like, again, sometimes realtors take it a little bit too far when they think their knowledge exceeds ours. But mm-hmm. that relationship, honestly, like I think that can be toxic, especially because sometimes we as loan officers, as originators and the more as mortgage professionals, we think we are better than them. And it's not a better than them. I love how you said it. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we, we do have a little bit more expertise and knowledge in certain areas, but that doesn't mean we have to come off as arrogant. There's a huge difference between arrogance, cockiness, and like knowing what the heck you're doing and being able to provide value in that way. So uh, yeah, I mean, you sharing this study, there's a lot of interesting numbers in it. Unfortunately, I do think, especially some, you know, mortgage professionals, sometimes I do think you, plus, do you love all these ads in here, Jacob? I love all the ads. That's what I love about it. Yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of ads and I like uh, when you share your screen because then I could see what you've been surfing on. I say, you get to see all the fun things I'm looking at. I'm I'm gonna see, No, I like it. I'm, look, I'll tell you, we should be sponsored by Altera malware bites this morning, all, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. That's so, where I'm going shopping. It gives me an idea of, of where to get my, uh, my hiking gear, there you and go. outdoor gear, um, take it from the experts. But I agree. How do you deal with a toxic realtor though, Josh? Do you take, do you come at it from a way which you can be humble uh, and try to educate them? Or do you just kind of try to fight through what, what are some secrets to success when it comes to dealing with a toxic realtor? So I'm going to be a hundred percent honest on this one. I, again, coming from somebody who's learned, who's been there, I, t- uh, there was a time where I took the stance of like, no, listen to me, like, listen up. I, I know what I'm doing. You've got to just, you know, you've got to eat a piece of humble pie and let me be the expert here. But I have found that number one, that just doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. you have to be willing to say, Hey, you know what? All right, let's talk through this. You know, what are some of your concerns? What is it that we can help each other do here? We're on the same team. We're trying to help consumers. So let's help consumer. Let's be on the same team here. So I've definitely learned from experience that it's way better to say, okay, let's discuss the issues at hand. Let's really find out how we can better how we can cohesively. But here's the thing too, is some people we don't work well with. So it's not so much that we're better than other people. Sometimes we just don't work well with other people, with certain people. And that's okay. That, does, that just says we don't need to work with those those type of people in the in the future. So no, that we're Are there better. some relationships that just won't work? Yeah, you 100%. Have, you have some, some cases where you just can't make it click? Absolutely. I mean, you you and I both, and to, even with Shred, there are some relationships. There are some people like, hey, you know what? You, you're doing your thing. I want to support you, and I want you to – you're really good at doing that thing. You keep going down that route. We're going to do our thing. It's That's totally cool. Yeah, so. I mean, I you know, I, I, I hear you on that one. I know precisely, you know, what you're talking about. I'm sure everyone uh, has something like that, a relationship they've had to walk away from because they just can't make it work. Um, what really stinks is when the counterparty – keeps keeps up with the toxicity um keeps up and it's like hey we don't work together anymore right you know we don't stop with the okay you know let's just let bygones be bygones but we know that is not the case we know that there is this underlying mentality we covered it in the show uh you, you you get into the bull ring with bullies and guess what they're still punching at the air long after you've stepped out and gone to the locker room right so right um just let them sit there and waste their energy and punch in the air and you know 
go get go take your shower and get back to work and stop extending the metaphor way past its usefulness. Bingo. And sometimes as human beings, sometimes that's what we do is we just keep, we just keep, you know, going on on the same thing. It's like, let, let it go. Let it go. Stop wasting that energy. Let them waste it. You got way better, way more important things, way better things to focus on, especially when it comes to Zoom meetings, right, Jacob? When it, <laughs> we got the, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase. He's not a fan of Zoom. He is not a fan of Zoom. And let's, let's set the table. Okay. He's at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, executive summit, right? And he's doing an exclusive interview. And you gotta love Jamie Dimon. I mean, Absolutely. one of the reasons why you know Rise and Shred talks about Jamie Dimon is he's got the look. You you know he he's he is representative of a lot of the old guard in the banking industry, and he's good at it. He yeah. looks great. He's in shape. He survived cancer. You know, I mean, he is like he is a great leader. Um, and he is a very controversial figure because of interviews such as this and things he's willing to say. I mean, he grabs headlines for his Christmas cards, Josh. If his Christmas cards are considered out of touch with the way things are going, he gets tons of bad press. So we're not going to let, uh, you know, Jamie Dimon say what he say without putting a little bit of context behind it. So he's saying we are – about to be facing this major booming economy, right? Yep. He said, work is good. They're hiring. They're not having a problem like the rest of the mortgage industry and finding the right people and all that. They're doing great. They're, they're, they're recruiting. Uh, we've covered how their, their bonus structure and all that. But he said that one of the things that's going to have to happen for JP Morgan to find its best success in this coming economic cycle is they've got to get back into the office. Yep. So he's canceling. He says, so I'm canceling all my Zoom calls. He says he's not doing the Zoom calls anymore. And it's just like this. Again, it's this blanket, uh, you know, declaration that he that comes across that he has suddenly determined from his ivory tower that virtual meetings serve no purpose. And it's uh, it's 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 very interesting, that kind of mentality. Um, to be such a, a wealthy and privileged individual who got there through his tough, hard work would suddenly set limits on his resources in an effort to try to make his resources work better. And mm -hmm. I've never really understood that. When you want to make your resources work for you and for everyone else, how can you place limits on it? And this is a very, very common conversation happening across mortgage firms right now. Yeah. How much of the office do we need to get into? Can people continue to work from home and can we find success? These are very difficult arguments to, to, to face up to. There is definitely, definitely a hybrid work model that needs to be considered. But we're hearing rumors that people are saying, if you send us back to work, we're quitting. You know, Ooh. if you force us to go back in, we're not going to work for you anymore. I said, well, where are you going to go? You know, are we going to go back to the nine to five where the employer does have you a little bit, you know, caught on your keyboard because they know you very intimately and they know what makes it work for you. You have families. Right. So, you know, if you need a day or two work from home, your employer knows that lets you do that. It's hard to go to another employer and restart that entire conversation. Your employer knows that. Right. They know that better than anyone else. No one knows you 
as well as the person who pays you. And you should never forget that, that they have that on you. And you always have to consider that with their behavior and their approach to you. Is there thinking of ways in which they can manipulate this and move this and all that? And that's all they think about all day is you. Okay. Take that in. Soak that up. Your <laughs> boss thinks about you all day. Jamie Diamond thinks about his people all, all day. day. How, how much time do you spend thinking about your boss? All day. All I day. don't think I don't spend it. Well, you get <laughs> You got jokes here. Oh, funny guy. Funny guy. He's got jokes. But I think you get the point is that he said that he's made this blanket declaration and he said that he's received nasty emails from the spouses of people that work with him. Oh, saying, yeah. How can you do this? So, so, but I mean, let's be honest here. The, this pandemic has changed a lot of things like you and me, where we both still work from home. We, we're a little bit different, but we, we love, we run with a lot of people. We talk with a lot of people who I see a lot of offices in the mortgage space starting to open back up. People are wanting to go back and they want to start surrounding themselves with the culture again. But I just think it's statements like this, where it's like, Hey, we're bored. Like it's like, you're, you're no longer productive. And again, I'm not, I'm not quoting him exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, don't take this out of context, but it, it's just, it's sometimes it's the way that we approach things and the way that it's said and this way is portrayed again we like we like jamie diamond he, he's, he does a lot of good things but i just think this might have come off in that way of you know we're all sick of zoom calls let's just call it as it is do you want to sit on another zoom call no like it's so is this is this something we're going to see more of across the industry jacob what do you think i think i think so but i think it'd be it, it i think it's a better method to reach out to your people and say hey look i believe that we can definitely definitely continue to put together some kind of hybrid work model, but we do need to see each other a lot more. You know, we don't have the, uh, the we, we don't have the threat of the pandemic. Yeah. So we don't have the reason to be in lockdown. That was a unifying feeling Agreed. that we all shared and we don't have that now. So that's, what's going to make collaboration more difficult because we're, we're not forced to collaborate in this environment anymore. So you got to really understand the way the human mind works and it is social and it will adapt socially when pressed with threats, right? We will work together to overcome that threat's gone. We have to figure out how to work together again. Right. But we have many different circles that we run in and our families, like we've seen them a lot. Now we've kind of, we've, we've kind of enjoyed being around them and we want to be around them a little bit more. So we're right. going to have to figure out a way to compromise because, as you know, we've got this going on for some say a very long time. But there's a twist. So you know what I'm talking about. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. So there is Goldman Sachs. They mm-hmm. have a very bold, in my opinion, let's just let's call it that, a very bold housing prediction. Housing yeah. is on fire. Well, hopefully mm-hmm. you're not you're hopefully your house is not on fire, but housing market is on fire, right, Jacob? Yep, the housing market is on fire, they say, and we're all out of water. There is no way we're going to be putting this fire out one way or another. It is going to burn until it is done. They're saying at least 2 years, which includes this year into 2022, 10% home price appreciation. Uh, I shared that little stat uh, on on Twitter and uh, Rick Sharga, who always sets the record straight, was not convinced Hmm. in such a bold prediction. Um, He doesn't think the market can handle it. You know, I'm always going to lead towards Rick Sharga because he's always setting the record straight. 
But the other thing is that, you know, two more years of 10% home price appreciation is a pretty bold call. And huge. Let me let me clarify that Goldman Sachs did not make this a big, huge public thing. This is an email to their clients right. who are looking into what markets to invest in and where. That's why you don't see a link in there, Josh. Exactly. Because it's not really an external type email thingy. So anyway, so they're saying that we're going to do another two years. However, in 20... 23 they're saying prices are going to start to fall again interesting and i agree this this is not a great market unless unless of course you have to keep in mind unless of course you're an investor if you're if you're an investor in home builder stocks you know it's a great market it's a phenomenal market raw materials you know those those are the things if you think about what goldman considers a great market, right? It's not exactly what we consider a great market uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It is it is uh, tough out there. It is the craziest market that uh, most people have seen. So I so I so I tend to agree with our our viewers there. But uh, like they said in the in the note, and you can see even before COVID, everyone saw this coming, and this just really accelerated. And again, as I always say, every house being built right now already has a buyer. It's only a matter of time, but we have to ride this. So this market, great for Goldman, not so great for us, is going to continue, Bingo. they predict, well into 2022 before we see a correction in 2023. 100%. John Hill, that is a great, like we do have a housing crisis. There is not, this is not a great market, but yes. that's just it. Jacob is perspective, right? Goldman's like, yeah, like they're back in the the, the builders, the, the investors when it comes to raw materials. So it's like, they're booming right now. They can barely mm -hmm. keep, you know, materials on the shelves prices for them are skyrocketing so they're you know they're making they're making a good little uh little living right now now for us in the industry who are trying to find enough houses for our clients whether it's on the real estate side or whatever it may be like it's crazy like it yeah. is but again it's all perspective it's all but it, what the main thing was wanting to share this plus this is what you get with rise and shred ladies and gentlemen this was not super public knowledge we shared this with you like you yeah. said jacob this was shared to you know people who are investors of goldman sachs so that's why we get to share it with you you may this this isn't just floating out there but this is what our team continually does we look for these things that mm -hmm. you may not see just in regular media and we bring it to you because it's important and we want and, to discuss yeah. these things yeah and, and you look at and you look at the article itself um, you could see on fire was their words. Uh, yep. We're all out of water was our words, right? Like saying like we, we if we could uh, do something in this market, we can. But if you look at the, if you look at the fundamentals where it goes into what Goldman says, competition among buyers for limited inventory send prices soaring twelve percent. Uh, demographic tailwinds, supply pitcher offers no quick fix with home buyers facing headwinds. Um, you know, I saw a comment there that we need to incentivize uh, sellers, not buyers. It'll be interesting uh, when the administration begins to address this a little more forcefully. People come out of their uh, their forbearances. You know, uh, em employment took a turn for the worse again. And that was in Rise and Shred. Yep. Analysts were expecting uh, a million jobs to be added to the economy in April. Missed that by a big mark. Um, so employment might not be as strong as we hoped it would be coming out of the forbearance market. Uh, we, we might see some uptick in inventory, but I think, you know, it's just, it's just not a pretty picture.
not it's not but with that being said there is one of our good friends and kind of to end on this uh our friends over at home point financial they're actually they're trying to help with that job they're 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 looking to add two thousand more broker partners uh to continue with their growth they had a phenomenal quote q1 they're continuing mm -hmm. to grow and that's what you know what we're they're doing our best as a mortgage industry to to find new opportunities to continue to help brokers to help originators continue to grow their business right jacob yeah, and there you go. Another perfect example of uh, of a story that's buried deep within the earnings report, which obviously focused on their amazing numbers, their you know their fantastic origination volumes and stuff like that. That wasn't you know what we thought was the best thing for our readers, although that's certainly notable, especially for investors in HomePoint. We thought you know you might be interested in who's trying to hire those mom and pop broker shops around the nation and trying to bring them on board and get them and how many they have. They have, currently have around 6,000. They want to rise that up to 8,000. So uh, we'll see how many broker partners are going to be joining HomePoint. We will see. And a good friend, Jerry Yoshida of the show. Love these great stories and rising shreds. Daily Diary, great reporting, Jake Gaffney. And Josh Pitts, great morning, great on Monday's oh, favorite show. Oh, Jerry, you are amazing. Our good friends over at Next Mortgage Events, Jerry. And we had Molly on the show last week as well. We love Phenomenal. those ladies. They do an absolute. And again, opportunities that we have to collaborate with another phenomenal group. Jacob, a lot happened this week. There's a lot more to come. This will be another exciting week of news. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to stay tuned. You have to subscribe to the number one and only daily diary of the mortgage industry. And like I said, like we shared, sometimes you get stories you can't find anywhere else. We're sharing the things that you need to know that will help accelerate you and help you rise to the top, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you like that, Jacob? I just I got do. Right on my head. I just, just right on my head. <laughs> oh, Jacob, great week to come. You are the man. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you have. Guys, like I said, subscribe below. Click the link. You definitely don't want to miss anything upcoming this week. Jacob, you're a gentleman and a scholar, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Ladies, you ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next Monday. Stay tuned for another Daily Diary tomorrow morning in Rise and Shred. Until then, we appreciate you. We love you. Now it's time for all of you guys to go shred. Go show up. Hustle. Repeat every day. See ya.